0: welcome back listeners to matt goes to the movies it's a little bit later than usual but it is time for another episode of loki now normally loki would be myself rob and harrison from the basement binge but unfortunately these next two episodes uh will be minus harrison so uh, for Episodes 3 and 4, you're just going to get Rob and I, but we are super excited to talk about this and eventually get Harrison back. But Rob, welcome back.
1: Thanks. Uh, it's a, kind of a different episode this week, uh, both actually for this show and, and the one that uh, we're talking about, Loki, here. Um, and uh, it's, it's hard to know what to think about what we saw. Yeah,
0: um, I, I definitely think there is some interesting conversations that are going to be had here because I've I've had the opportunity because we're recording this a, a little bit later than what we normally would for Loki. Uh, I've had a chance to watch it again and really, you know, take a deep dive into my thoughts about it. So. Um, well, at first it was a little disappointing that we weren't able to get together as soon as we normally do. Uh, I actually like it for this episode, because, again, it gave me
1: time to to really gather my thoughts about how I feel. Did, um, did the second watch increase, decrease, or remain the same in terms of your feeling about this episode? Like, if you had to rate it, how many, you know, so many reels, without saying the number of reels, um, out of five for the first one, did it change on the second watch?
0: You know... It, it changed, but it's there's it's very very minute. It is not a glaring like wow, I can't believe I thought this at first, and now I have this kind of feeling. There's hmm. some minor changes, but my overall opinion remains largely unchanged. Interesting.
1: So I uh, I did two watches on this, like I like I typically do with most things. Um, I kind of had to force myself to do the second one. Um, I wasn't really into the, this week it's um, we'll we'll definitely get into it, but it was, I kind of had to like, really be like, okay, let's, let's get this done now. You know, let's go do, let's go do watch number two.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, without getting into too much, I think it's time to, to hit the the teaser trailer portion of this segment where we're going to Talk about this spoiler-free. Give like a quick little two-minute uh, overview of what we felt to this episode. So, uh, before we do that, though, for listeners of the show, if you've listened to some of the new uh, solo episodes such as The Dark Knight, Spiral, Equilibrium, uh, there's been a little bit of a format change for the show. And this Loki episode, though, will be the first episode that uses that new format if you're strictly listening to Loki or you haven't caught up on some of the newer episodes yet. So uh, it used to be called the Two-Minute Warning. It has switched to the teaser trailer segment. It's more in line with the name of the show, Matt Goes to the Movie. So, Rob, I'll, I'll let you go first. I know we kind of talked about it a little, but what is your brief overview of this episode.
1: So this episode is called Lamentis and I lament watching this episode. Um, it was, we ended last week on such a great, just your mind starts going in a million directions. They, you know, Loke, drops off all of these time bombs all across time, space and, and reality. And you just like, you ran through last week, like, where these went and some of the places like Vormir, like, what does that mean? Like, holy cow, like, that's major. And I know we uh, normally this would be the point where Harrison would remind us not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like, it's hard not to start theorizing when you see those time branches coming off like that, what that's going to mean and how that's going to impact things. And does that mean Scarlet Witch is coming back? Like, I'm already doing it. Um, we didn't get any follow up on that this week at all. And that was what I was really most excited about. Um, this episode, if you were to do this show as a film, this episode wouldn't exist. This episode felt like filler to me where Falcon and the winter soldier felt like a six hour movie just broken into six individual parts. Um, and it, and it really played. There wasn't a lot that I think you would cut from that. Um, this uh, this definitely, and I know you've got a really a great take on this. Um, this to me just felt like a very filler episode. I don't know how much we we get a little bit of character development for for Loki. Uh, you know the the female version of Loki, um, who we find out a different name for, um, and we find out something that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about is the big takeaway from this episode on of both versions of the character. Um, but w- there's really not a lot that actually happens here. Um, it, there's there's kind of even some rare technical misses from Disney, and and I'm kind of talking when they're just walking around on the planet. There's some really not good looking green screen effect. Like they, it's it doesn't look good. Um, and the audio mix was really bad in certain places, like when the uh, the meteorites are falling to Earth. Like. I really struggled to understand the dialogue over the Foley effects. Like there was just a variety of different points like that, that it just made me, made me go, what the heck is going on here? I mean, I think it was last week or the week before we spent time praising Disney for paying attention to the little things and the small details and things like that. You know, all the, all the character moments uh, in mission control, um, that, that worked so well, uh, for this week to me, I, and I don't know if you picked up on the same things I did, but, um, Kind of a miss there. Uh, did you see any of that too?
0: Yeah, uh, this is a weird episode where Rob, you and I talked about it. I think it was the other day or the day before, uh, prior to recording when we were just you know talking on the phone. This is the first episode from Disney Plus. You know, you say filler, and I agree. And how I said it to you was. This I'm a big fan of the shows like, well, in their previous seasons, but like Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and these shows that have been on the CW. But one of the problems with those shows is they order, you know, 20-episode seasons where it's just it's filler. And this is the first Disney Plus episode where it felt like a CW show to me. There were some really bad effects. There was some odd audio issues with this episode. And it just didn't feel like a Disney Plus show. And I want to get into it further when we talk more spoilers. But, you know, you said there's not a lot of follow-up. And here's, like, one more analogy because this happened to me. Um, You know, I about four days ago, I ordered out. I didn't feel like cooking. And I ordered from, I'll just name drop it, Longhorn Steakhouse. And I ordered a steak, and I got grilled shrimp and broccoli with it. And my order comes to the thing. I don't check it. They curbside. I get home, and inside my tray is just my steak. Now, don't get me wrong. The steak was good, but I ordered the broccoli and the shrimp for a reason, and so the meal wasn't complete. And that is this episode for me. This episode is just not complete. Um, but without getting into like heavy spoilers, I I'll say that this is this is definitely a miss and one of uh, hopefully not things to come for Disney Plus shows because I can see maybe a pattern with what we're getting. So uh, I will leave it at that
1: for. For the teaser trailer portion of of my part. Because you and I, I think both disliked, or I, I think maybe I disliked stronger episode three of WandaVision, where it was like, okay, come on, get on with it. And now we here we are, episode three of Loki, and we're I'm thinking about to trash this thing.
0: Yeah, um hundred percent. So uh now, the we'll move on here. So for any reason, if you haven't seen episode three of Loki, And you clicked on this episode, but you don't want to be spoiled. Here's your chance. Pause this episode. Watch it. Come back. Next segment Rob and I are going to be doing is called From Seat to Screen. And this is going to be an overview of what works with this episode and what doesn't work with this episode. Hopefully we don't just blast this thing, but I feel like there might not be... um, A lot to go with on what works, but one thing that I'd like to say, Rob, to start with what works is, and I think this is what you meant, we get the reveal that Loki is bisexual, and I feel like this is actually probably one of the very few instances where it felt natural. There's always been, you know, in when Beauty and the Beast, the live-action version, came out, there was, you know, a huge article about how it has an openly gay character. And then when Cruella came out, there was also an article. And when you watch those movies, at least in my mind, it didn't feel like they were actually, you know, honoring this group or doing anything that felt natural. And there were reviews about these movies and how... It didn't feel natural. I felt like this was so subtly done that it worked. And I felt like this was one of the rare times where it didn't feel like they were trying to push a message and it was just a nice scene and they let it have its moment.
1: I think there's going to be again this is absolutely going to be the biggest talking point about this episode um maybe one of the bigger talking points about the mcu uh for a good portion you know going forward uh, at least until we hit black widow and then i i as we've been talking um i think that i think disney thinks they've got a hit on their hands which is why they've pushed for it to have a theatrical release when you can actually get butts in seats again um and once that hits, we're going to completely forget about a lot of other stuff. Um, I think that uh, representation in comics matters. And I and I think of all entertainment media, uh, comics probably, at least right now, um, is doing the most of pretty much anything to make anyone who's out there feel like they've got a character, a hero, somebody that feels like them. It could be them. And that's kind of the beauty of comics and graphic novels that's sort of the joy is 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 some of it is escapism but that person could be you you know you could have been the one to run out in the middle of the test field to save rick jones and now you get hit with the gamma radiation now you're the hulk you know like uh, you could have been the one that got bit by the radioactive spider and now you're spider-man like you know these are regular people that have things happen to them Um, you know you could just be a really willful person all of a sudden a green lantern ring comes and finds you and chooses you as the next guardian of sector whatever um so having characters that represent the fan base is important um we've like we've seen that we've seen how important a film like black panther was um and to have have loki be a member of that community uh, he's a fun character. He really always has been. Um, he's been that character that's been has been a villain, but he's, he's such a charismatic villain. And Hiddleston's so good at what he does with it um, that there was a, of course there was going to be demand for a Loki show. Um, and that they've chosen to reveal this aspect of his character um, at this point in the way that they did it. There's going to be people who aren't satisfied with it. Um, people who like that there's representation and people who don't like that. There's new representation, I think will not be happy with how it was done. But I also think there will be plenty of other people that think it was done very well and very in character. Um, Loki's never had any romantic inclinations at any point of his character in the MCU. We've never seen him show a preference for even having relationships at all. Um, having this quiet moment between these two characters where yes, they're different versions of each other, but there's probably some core things they share. Um, It seemed, it it was compelling to me that they already knew that about each other, that that was something that they were going to share, that they were just um, whichever way the wind blew that day was how they were going to fly. And I, I thought it was interesting.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really, uh, you know, thought out response to that. So, But I think you're also right. I think there's going to be some people, no matter what, they, you know, don't want the representation. Um, But as far as my opinion goes, I think they did it in a manner that was that worked Um, because like you said, there's definitely
1: people that don't want it. But there's also people who aren't going to be happy because he didn't full on mouth kiss another man. Like, you know, there's going to be people who aren't happy about how how little was done or how much was done
0: yeah I, I think it's there that's a great point. There's always gonna be that you know that side to it. so uh, Rob, i'll I'll let you go next. Um, you know, whether you want to go with a topic that worked or whether you want to go with something that doesn't. but what actually, I guess I'll just ask pointedly, what else what other scene worked for you in this movie or what
1: other plot point worked? Um, I kind of like the different way we intro this episode it was a it's different theme music and and um, was was kind of fun the way that they used more of an upbeat theme song to get us started here um, this opening fight was kind of cool but um, once again, I feel like I just can't not see this every time that it happens, but why exactly does the TVA use batons for everything? Like there's not a gun in that whole facility. Like nobody has a projectile based weapon, like not even a crossbow, like not even a baton attached to a crossbow. Like at this point, it's it's becoming weird. And and this was, this was a complaint that I had throughout Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like all of a sudden the entire world forgot that there's guns out there. Like every fight scene, was mostly just hand-to-hand, because that's kind of the power set of the characters that involved, and if all of a sudden somebody's got guns, then it's kind of tough to make the fight scene work. It, this this fight scene, as good as it was, kind of suffers from that. And and here's the thing, is I do like what they did with it, but it just feels weird to me um, that they don't. And and I know that it's hard to make gunfights look cool and compelling. Like, it's, it's hard, especially with, with a show like this. And, and outside, and I think you mentioned, did you do a review on Equilibrium recently? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to go ahead and plug that for a second. I, I don't think you've released it because I haven't heard it. But um, Equilibrium is the way that you c- can always talk about that shows the coolest gunfights that have, that have ever happened. You've, you've talked about it before. I've definitely recommended it. Harrison, I know you're listening right now. Go see Equilibrium. I can't recommend this film highly enough. Uh, and it's, it was just really funny that, um, you know, we're talking about gunfights that look cool, and, and you've got that coming up. But um, it's just, it seems really strange to me. Um, and, I, and I can't help but, like, notice it every time.
0: No, uh, I, I think you're 100% right. And Equilibrium actually uh, is on Matt Goes to the Movies, and I just go on, like not a boy like just like a fanboy rant about how well the gunfighting <laughs> it, it it sounds funny just saying it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie like gunfighting like what's what's gunfighting like you shoot the gun at somebody um not in this movie
1: uh, um go see it yeah find it yeah. on dvd rent it whatever you got to do find it you will thank us
0: but rob you're 100 percent right um it's always just odd and it's becoming more and more like relevant in these shows where certain things just don't make sense because, you know, in the first episode it's oh, we have guns and then oh, never mind, like everything's gonna be it's gonna be handled in fisticuffs and we're gonna do this mono and we'll duke it out. And it's like wait, why? Like all of a sudden you want to be noble about it when two seconds you know it's it's like the stormtroopers in Star Wars they're chasing everybody through the the death star and they're shooting at them on on kill mode and then as soon as they're right in front of them they're like all right hands up you're you're under arrest and it's like wait a minute yeah. like what <laughs> you were just shooting at them to kill them and now that they're point blank in front of you you're like oh let's take them hostage um and yep. that's what a lot of this feels like and you're right it just you can't help but stop like not be able to ignore it as it continues to go on that was one thing that i totally agree with also too there were some instances in the fight where it definitely did not seem like at least to me the best choreography there's some i will say in the scope of what we've seen on Disney plus, there were some rare misses here. Like we talked about earlier in terms of editing and audio. There's some real misses where this almost felt like they forgot they had a budget or they ran out of <laughs> a budget for like, for this episode.
1: Um, Yeah. I, I, I'd like some of the, I, the fight that on the train, there's parts that are, that are good, but it's, and just speaking to fights and and speaking specifically to specifically to choreography. Um, one of the things I've talked about is how much I love the layout and the creativity put into almost everything we've seen in the MCU when it comes to the fights, like, uh, Ant-Man's kind of my, my go-to for that. Like, wow, they really nail how a character with that skill set would actually fight. And it looks amazing. And it's, it's so well done. Um, this is kind of the first time we've seen Loki, you know, through this series, I guess we've, we've really seen him have to, you know, really actually get into it. You know, it's, he's not really been in that before he's commanded armies. He's turned people. um, He's murdered people, but he's not really been in these kind of situations throughout the MCU. And, and I don't, I don't feel like they know what to do with him in some of these scenes. Like he's got his daggers and he, Kind of makes that like a signature weapon, but doesn't really seem like he's really proficient with it, you know, the way that they use him. And then he's got magic, and sometimes he uses it, but mostly he doesn't. Like, mostly, like, his fighting style is kind of like, you know, like half drunk barroom brawl. Like, you know, that doesn't really seem to be any skill set or technique to most of what he's doing. Um, you know, whereas Sylvie, um, does seem like she's a little bit more practiced in in these ways. Um, I don't know. I it's kind of weird if you if you go back and rewatch those scenes. There's just something off about some of the fights. I I enjoyed some of the aspects of it, but other parts of it you just kind of leave your head scratching.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a mixed bag because there's a you know some stuff here and there that is like oh that's kind of interesting, but then. Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. It seems like at points they don't know what to do with Loki, and I feel like this is, you know, one of the things that hampers some of the solo movies is there always seems to be a need to water down the heroes based on what's going on, because you can have, you know, an individual movie where Thor can you know, defeat the Dark Elves, and he's fine, but then he needs help defeating, you know, enemies in Infinity War and things like that. So it kind of felt like that here with Loki is, oh, well, we don't want to show him too powerful, so we got to nerf him a little bit, but in reality, based on some of the things that they were talking about this, it seems like Loki should have just been able to, whether, like just be with magic, take care of whatever problems were going on, because he can project images of himself, he can do all these things, but it's just like, eh, I think maybe he forgot to, like, he forgot that he has those powers in certain scenes.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, because he uses his magic in that train fight, like, once, maybe twice, and you're almost kind of thinking, like, why didn't you do that before? You know, it's very much like that scene in Infinity War, where Okoye uh, looks around after Scarlet Witch comes down and just starts wrecking people, and she goes, "Why was she up there the whole time?" Like it, it's very reminiscent of that, and it's played for a laugh in the movie, but here it's kind of like it's, it just stands out to me.
0: Yeah, that's and that's kind of where I want to go next. Is we talked about you mentioned it, Wandavision episode three. Falcon the Winter Soldier didn't have it as bad, but I'm sensing through three shows a pattern, and you would think that was shows like this that do not have that many episodes. I mean, when you think about it, uh, WandaVision was, Rob, I should remember this, so I can't believe nine? that I can't nine, eight or nine episodes. I think it was nine. Yeah, I think it was um, nine. You know, then you had Falcon and the Winter Soldier that was only six and yep. you have this that is going to be six episodes you wouldn't think there would have to be pacing issues with these shows and the fact that we've kind of seen it through three shows gives me pause with a you know with some concern for future shows coming up because if they're still going to go with the same well we're going to give you a little bit but we can't we can't reveal anything at really on Disney plus, like it has to be in the movies. I worry about some of these future episodes, these future shows based on what I'm seeing here with pacing issues, because that is one thing that doesn't like a hundred percent. Why this episode doesn't hit for me is it looks like they deliberately made this episode so that they do not have to give you anything based off of the last episode. And again, I I don't need everything just immediately, but this episode really felt sort of like a slap in the face. Like they created it just so they didn't have to give you information because I mean, realistically in the grand scheme of things, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong or, you know, and if you don't feel like this, you only get one major plot point reveal in this episode. And that's that. And it's, It's interesting, but the TVA are variants, which Loki says, I thought they were created by the TVA. She says, no, that's ridiculous. They're variants like us, which is interesting, but that's literally like the only thing you get out of this episode to really, truly follow up on what we got the week prior.
1: It's if you're going to watch this show from start to finish without knowing what comes in future weeks, it's very likely to me that you could just skip this and read the summary on Wikipedia or listen to your favorite internet podcast that does a weekly show on it. You could do that too. I recommend that. Not only do I recommend that I recommend sharing it with your friends. If you've not already done so tell a friend, Uh, but I digress. Um, Yeah, like there's really not a lot that happens in this week where I and I found myself writing down very few notes that I really felt were like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, those are things that I really need to make sure that I remember. Um, I didn't really write down a lot because they're really, you know, the big reveal was that they are um, variants. That's kind of interesting. Like, okay, that makes sense. It gives them something to do. And, And I guess if you're Loki, you have you have kind of a future that ensures your survival so that you don't get pruned. Um, you know, there's, there's hope that you could continue on in some way. Um, if you stay with the TVA, um, it may not be the life you want, but it's at least life. Um, you know, that's, that's really the biggest thing that I take away because I think there's a, I've seen a lot of talk online about the cliffhanger at the end. Um, I didn't feel like it was a cliffhanger at all. Um, it, it, to me, it was, it just didn't mean anything. Like it meant nothing to me. I felt nothing when this was over
0: a hundred percent agree this episode ends and i didn't even you know normally when these episodes end i i have some sort of feeling about the next one you know whether it be good or bad like wandavision episode three i was like okay i get it something needs to happen in four and then it just like boom, hit you right in the face with it in episode four, and it's like, okay, you wanted something, here, something. I, I didn't feel, like you said, anything really almost either way, and that, to me, is worse than saying something bad or saying something good. The fact that this this episode ended, and I really just kind of went, okay, and, like, I got up and just... Like went about my day. Like I didn't stop to think about it. I didn't ponder. I just, I just went about my day. And to be honest, I didn't, I didn't think about it until I rewatched it. And even the second time was still okay. Like, oh, like, like my mind was blank.
1: (laughs) Not only did you just go about your day we didn't even send each other a vague text, like, like chomping at the bit to be able to talk about it. It's just like, okay, yeah, that happened. That was a thing. It's almost like going on a target run, you know, like, okay, I picked up what I needed. I came home, you know, I put the, I put the stuff away, you know, the, the Swiffer refills are are under the sink again now. Like, okay. Like just whatever. I I watched the show. I checked it off my list. It's done for the week. That is the oddest
0: in. (laughs) In 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 segment mention ever because I'm not gonna lie I made a target run today and got Swiffer and got got refills that is the that is so bizarre that you said that Um, they are literally sitting in my like closet with my cleaning stuff so
1: so having um, recently done the thing can you say that watching this episode was very similar to the experience of completing that task. Oh, 100%. Like I'm like grinning ear to ear right now. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> just thinking about that. So, um yeah, it it's n- there's no text between us. There was no thought on my end. It was just okay. Um I guess we'll we'll go to episode 4. I haven't even pondered what episode 4 could be, what I want it to be. And again, that's That's a little nerve-wracking to me, given the fact of how much we love these shows, we've loved this universe, and I'm sure maybe this is probably just, you know, a fleeting thing and it'll come back. It's just odd because I have not experienced it
1: so far with this universe. Well, and it's not even necessarily that the episode is truly bad. Like, this isn't Batman v Superman bad. It's just as it's not relevant like it's not good like it's not it i'm trying to understand its purpose of existing like that that's Mm. i guess that's the worst thing you can say about it It, it's not necessarily that the dialogue is really bad it's not that the performances are bad um it's just kind of like i'm trying to understand when they sat down and mapped out this series and they looked at episode three and they and they mapped out what they were trying to do like that's kind of what you ended up on really you didn't have anything else you wanted to do this is this is the best you could come up with um you know getting back to something you were kind of talking about with um you know what they're doing on disney plus and holding the big stuff for the films um what's the biggest mcu star you know biggest name character not necessarily biggest actor but the biggest name character they've had on disney plus so far through three shows i mean is it Loki? I mean, is he the biggest, you know, MCU name to be on a series? I mean, we haven't gotten Doctor Strange. We thought we might in WandaVision. He didn't show up. Um, we thought we might get Steve Rogers in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We didn't. Um, you know, we th- there's a chance you could not just have, like, a flashback to the Thor films in this. There's a chance we might actually get Odin or Thor Um in this series but it's probably not going to happen um you know i think it'll be interesting at some point if if fans start saying like yeah these shows are good and, and look they've been good they've been very good they've been very entertaining um, they're setting the stage for what's to come um, but do you need you know do you need a major mcu star you know one of the prime avengers um, do you need one of them to show up to keep these things really relevant? Do you need that um, to make it still feel important as, or as opposed to a side story that sets up the main plot?
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, eventually I do think here and there, you do need some of those things for these, these shows to stay fresh and to stay relevant so that some of them don't feel just like filler. Cause again, You know, that is, and I didn't think it would be maybe like you or me, but for the casual fan that doesn't, you know, follow the MCU as much as we do, and it's like, okay, I'm going to see only the Avengers films or things like that. There's still things that happen in these shows that if we get, you know, if we get a Captain America 4 movie and Sam's Captain America. I think you know you can sit there and have people be confused with, well, when did he become Captain America or well, I don't really care that he's Captain America because I didn't watch the show uh, so I think there's a a real delicate balance that they have to try and maintain of well, we don't want wait, we don't want to give away the farm, but there's also got to be some type of animals on the farm, like I don't go to the <laughs> yeah. zoo to like I don't go to the zoo to see you know, grass, like I'll go to the zoo because I want to see animals. Um, maybe, maybe that reference doesn't hit for everybody, but that's, that's just how I feel. You,
1: you gotta have something. I mean, I'm going to see the sea lions. I want to see the otters because they're always doing something nutty, you know, like that's, that's kind of what I want to see. Um, yeah, there's, there's going to have to be something I think. And, and, one of the things that's been very successful in Disney plus so far is taking some of these characters who were secondary tertiary characters and give them a moment to shine, giving them a moment for us to care about it. You know, you think back to Wandavision. um, you've said it many times, you did not care about either of those characters coming into that show. Like it just couldn't have mattered. The relationship really didn't matter. Um, there just wasn't a lot about them that made you even consider their existence. Um, and now coming out of that show, like, Wow, you really do. Like they're fully developed, fully fleshed out. Um, The Falcon, Winter Soldier, they were interesting, but did we really know a lot about them in their appearances prior to their show in the MCU? No, now I think we know about them a little bit more. Um, So it is developing some of these characters who haven't had the major shine, you know, who aren't Iron Man, who aren't Captain America to start with, uh, who aren't, you know, the Hulk or Thor um and making us more interested in them will it have a lasting impact i guess we'll have to see how the films play out
0: yeah 100 percent. rob do you have anything else that you want to mention about you know anything that does work with this episode that we might have missed
1: so uh things that that do work um uh, just real quick, Hiddleston being amazing and perfectly cast as Loki is really the only thing that saves this episode for me from being a total and complete dumpster fire. Um, I just throw that out real quick because he is amazing. And I, and I want to at least recognize that because he's still, you know, every time just him as Loki is fantastic. Um, the, the one thing that I think is maybe the real high point of this episode for me, um, the love is hate. Is, is kind of uh, an interesting take on, on the subject that, you know, they have this long philosophical conversation and, and they actually come back to it a second time. Um, and you compare that to visions take on love at the end of WandaVision, where he says, what is grief? If not love persevering, uh, it's, it's a very different, um, it's a very different look at the, this, those same ideas. Uh, and then later Loki decides that love is a dagger. Um, I just really interesting, um, if they decide to continue on with showing us, you know, the, the version of love or the analogies to love that some of the other characters that inhabit this universe decide on. And I, I would personally, um, if you asked every single person, you know, that's played a secondary or or major role in the MCU, if you've asked every single one of those characters to define it, I almost kind of think that would be interesting. Like I'd kind of watch that, you know, not, not if they're super long, but I think uh, seeing each person's definition of it could be really interesting, but that, that, uh, that comment was, was kind of an interesting, that scene was, was interesting to me and I liked it.
0: Yeah. You know, I did too. I liked the fact that they actually, they came back to it cuz a lot of the times you can see where it just it hangs in the air but i liked that they came back to it and i also really liked loki's answer because again you you talked about how vision had his response and i think loki's explanation really fit with his character and oh yeah you know how he felt cuz again like I do find myself forgetting that this is supposed to be, you know, 2000 and what? 12 Loki is the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he hasn't gone through granted. He saw them, but, you know, emotionally he hasn't gone through Ragnarok with his brother Thor. He didn't actually sit there when Odin died. He you know didn't have all these experiences that have kind of turned you know Loki to what he was um at the beginning of of Infinity War but this is also the same Loki that you know at the end of Thor told Odin that you know I I could have done it father and he still wants approval and he still wants love um So I think his response was really good. And I do like the fact of, you know, Rob, like you said, his performance. Can we just, again, say we've talked about it before. They have really just nailed casting. I I don't know. Granted, they switched out uh, Edward Norton for Mark Ruffalo and Terrence Howard for Don Cheadle. I I think Don Cheadle, in that regard, I I really like Terrence Howard as Um, I wish we would have seen more of him. Obviously, if you've ever read any of the stories, you know, however that happened, or whatever you believe, why he wasn't. But they, for 98% of the casting, have just absolutely nailed who plays these characters. It's, It's amazing to have... That many people and literally, like in my eyes, only have really two misfires. I actually still liked um, Edward Norton as Bruce Banner in The Incredible Hulk. Uh, do I like Mark Ruffalo better? Eh, I don't know, give or take. But to nail the characters as much as they have really is something.
1: It, just off the top of your head, what's the worst casting? In in the MCU, like if you just had to say through all the movies, like "Eh, that person's really not great in that role. And it's a significant role. Like, could you even do it? Could you even come up with one? Because I just right off the top of my head. I got nothing.
0: Yeah, no, like to say like, oh, my God, they're like downright terrible. I just I couldn't say that if I had to say again, like I talked about, who would I be like? Nah, I could take somebody else. It it really would be Don Cheadle. I'm just I can take him, but I'm not like over the top oh it's so cool that he's roadie. Um so there's no Clooney as Batman moments for you? No, there no, there's definitely not Clooney as Batman. Um (laughs) so I I I don't see anybody needing to apologize for the next twenty years that they took on a role. So Which, which good on which good on him though for you know good on george clooney for openly admitting like yeah sorry guys yep. <laughs> like yeah i find this like i find that so funny that he's just like <laughs> yeah of course i should apologize like he just openly admits how bad it was and how he should apologize <laughs> and you know how, how much damage he realizes they did to the franchise so g- good on him though for being a good sport about that <laughs> So um, with that, Rob, anything else that doesn't work that was glaring at you that we didn't
1: get to before we um, move on? So there's two things that really didn't work for me that we haven't had a chance to cover. Um, maybe it was just me. I don't think it was just me. Was there intended to be sexual tension between Loki and Sylvie? Because it, I, it seemed to me like it was being played that way or it were portrayed that way or, you know, given to us that way. And it was kind of weird. It kind of, it was kind of creepy, really. Uh, um, I don't know if everybody saw that that way. Um, Did you, did you feel that at all, Matt, or is that just me?
0: I think there were some scenes in there where it was, uh, again, and I think it has to do with, there seemed to be, and they're supposed, they're both supposed to be tricksters and they talk about, (laughs) You know her enchanting him and things like that, which clever little nod to who this character is in the comics or may even be in this show. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, there's, I've seen a theory that this episode is actually fake; that none of this actually happened; that this is all an illusion. Um, I, I've certainly read about that theory, but it it seemed like a lot of tonal shifts for the characters at certain points. And that seemed to be one of them for me. So I definitely agree with you there.
1: Yeah. So it just, that to me, I just thought was creepy. Um, it's like an alternate dimension version of yourself. Like, uh, no, I would never kiss a different version of myself. Like, that's just weird to me. Like it just, um, and the other thing that really stood out is throughout, um, his tenure in the MCU, Loki has always been, even when his plans fail miserably, even when he's defeated, he's always got his cool. He always has his charming persona and and always has a way forward, always has, you know, you're never sure even when he's defeated that that wasn't his plan in the first place so that he could trick you and do something else. And this this week's episode, like he completely loses all of that persona to execute their plan. Like it, the whole, I don't know, like he completely loses his, his chill, I guess is what I would say. You know, they, they come in and he's half drunk and they're looking for his ticket and he does the fireworks instead. Like even the plan to turn himself into kind of the uh, the trap, you know, the, um, you know, kind of the cops that they have on, on that moon world um, to bring her in. Like he, he completely, doesn't have just like his I'm going to sneak in here and be super chill about it like he's super fake and um, doesn't seem to be comfortable in his own skin at that point um, it really felt off to me um, I I just I, it seemed like complete uh, 180 for how the character has been presented to us and everything else we've ever seen him in
0: yeah again I, I would totally agree and I don't feel I don't feel like that's been presented at least in my eyes and maybe some listeners do feel it has been but i I certainly don't feel like they have presented loki that he would be at that point yet um especially given the fact that he wants to overthrow the timekeepers and it just again he's always seemed like even when he's defeated that you know that was part of the plan or you're only you know you're because you're supposed to think he's defeated he always seems too calculating. And again, just like a tonal shift that I don't feel has been explained yet. Much like I said in the first episode that I didn't quite buy. And again, you kind of see a little bit of that, but I didn't quite buy that this version of Loki would just be totally overwhelmed by everything that he saw. Maybe he would. I don't know. I've never seen my life played for me on a screen and then seen the end of it to say how I would feel. Um, but there are some things in this show that I just feel just aren't earned with Loki and it takes away from some of this episode.
1: Yeah. He's not the, um, he's not the clever trickster that even, you know, he's not the charming villain. He's, he's kind of a, a boofer at times in this. And that's, that's not the Loki that we love. That's not the Loki that everybody was so excited was going to get his own show
0: hundred percent so rob anything else that you want to add before we move on to the next segment i I think i've covered my end i've covered what i have all right so the next uh segment here is called from the lobby uh obviously it's a tv show but sticking with the theme of matt goes to the movies uh this is where we'll discuss our favorite scene least favorite scene and then We also ranked this, but also it's where we'll talk about the franchise appeal, which I think we've kind of done a little bit throughout this and where this stands in terms of the MCU. So, Rob, I'll let you go first. Do you have a least favorite scene, like something that just stuck out as a scene as a whole where you were like, ugh.
1: Um, I kind of think the the moment when they're getting tossed off the train – Um, that whole bit, um, there's so much of it that really could have been reworked. Um, like I said, I don't know, I I got the impression they don't really know what to do with Loki as a fighter. Um, it's weird that he just kind of forgets how to be calculating and, and four steps ahead of everybody. Um, that whole bit just, um, it just really didn't work for me. And on a second watch through, it becomes much more apparent.
0: Yeah, uh, totally agree. I don't like, and maybe all of this changes depending on what happens with this next episode. And who knows, maybe some of this was part of a plan. I don't know. But when you're taking it at face value, I definitely agree. I don't think that that scene works and it goes against, like I stated, what I think we've been known Loki to be. So I would agree with you with that. Uh favorite scene though, what do you
1: what stood out? I think my favorite scene is is like I had said, when they're when they get to that love is hate. Um and, and you get a little bit, they've got some time to kill, they're having the conversation on the train. Um we get a little more of a window into at this stage of this Loki's life. Um what's important to him? What's his mindset? Um, how does he feel? And we get, the, we get a little bit of, of some insight into Sylvie, although not much. I would have really liked to have had, in this episode in general, I would have really loved to have a better understanding of what her motivations are and why she's doing the things that she's doing, why she's on this quest, why she's setting this mission up that's taken her years um, to execute. I don't really feel like I got enough. And I know we're only in, in the third episode. So we're, we're at the halfway point. And if she's kind of being set up as the primary antagonist potentially of this, um, I'd like to know a little bit more about that at this. So that's, um, but, but there's definitely some parts of that conversation that I, I really enjoyed. I think, um, having a better understanding, and obviously these characters make a, an interesting revelation that we've kind of talked about already. Um, that's going to change people's perceptions of them moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think, You know, I think that scene where they get a little bit, you know, deeper into what does love mean to both of them, and then also you get that reveal about the TVA, I like that scene just because that felt, when Loki gets that information, that felt like Loki, because you can really start to see, like, you know, if it was a cartoon, there would be a thought bubble with gears turning with with Loki's head about okay how do I use this what does this mean because you know he's thinking like just like when he said the variants hiding in apocalypses like look at this like how do like I figure this out it, you can just tell as soon as he gets that information he's figuring out okay well what does this mean and how can I exploit it to get what I want so that felt like Loki uh unfortunately it's it's kind of too little too late because there's so much before it that doesn't feel like Loki, but I really like that because it was a return to form. So that would be uh, you know, my my favorite scene. So So with that being said, let's talk about franchise appeal and we've talked about it a little, but Rob, just a little, you know, bit deeper into Where this show stands in the MCU and maybe a little bit of, call it a theory, Harrison. um, (laughs) Don't shoot us. (laughs) Right, yes. you'll, You'll have to do this when you join us, you know, for episode five. But where do you think this is maybe playing? I know this you mentioned before that this seems like this is definitely what leads into the multiverse of madness. And we thought it was going to be WandaVision, but where does this stack for you? And, you know, anything that we talked about earlier with how they're going to have these shows going forward in terms of how Disney plus is going to continue to get people interested.
1: Um, it's logical to think that Sylvie is a character we see in other places. Um, Again, we, we haven't, since we've had shows on Disney Plus, there has not been a theatrical release for us to really find out more. Um, it is incredibly unlikely that any character we've been first introduced to on Disney Plus will appear in Black Widow. Like, that's just not something we would expect because that movie was supposed to have come out over a year ago now at this point. So, um,. Will we see any of these characters? Will any of these characters have an impact on Doctor Strange 2 or even um, the third Spider-Man film, which is <clears throat> is uh, one of the worst kept secrets is that there's some very multiversal um, stories or even cameos at, at a bare minimum um, that are expected to be in that. Um, I believe we'll see more TVA in the future. Um, you know, Matt, you've got some theories that Kang is somehow involved. Um, Kang is allegedly, is it even confirmed that he's, he's going to be in, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Mania? Has that been confirmed or is that still just like a poorly kept secret?
0: Uh, no, it is confirmed. Um, I forgot the actor who is playing him, but, um, the actor has been confirmed. The character has been confirmed. Um, so he's a hundred percent a go. They haven't said, though, how big of a role he has in that movie. If he's, he seems too important to be the main villain. Um, So maybe a Thanos-type overview in that movie of we only see glimpses or we figure out why he would be a part of that movie. I don't think he's going to be the overall like big bad and they just get rid of him. Uh, He just seems too important for that. But yes, he is 100% confirmed.
1: Yeah. So, um, I think we still, I think we see Sylvie moving forward. Um, I think she, I don't think she gets killed off here. I don't think she gets, you know, pruned or anything. I don't think her story ends uh, with this. I think they're, I think they're purposely, um, trying to give her more to do that's going to keep her around. I don't, I think we'll at some point forget that she's a Loki variant and I think she'll just get referred to as, you know, enchantress or Sylvie, uh, moving forward after the show's done.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think maybe we could potentially, maybe possibly see her in um, Thor Love and Thunder. I I think there's room for her to maybe, especially if she's no longer considered like a variant. Um, There's certainly been hints that she might be a different character altogether. Um, So I think we could see her in the future. I definitely think the TVA will have something to do with quantum mania, especially if the theories um, about the TVA, some of those are true with the TVA actually being stuck in the quantum realm. Like that's where they are, especially because the line, well, time works different here. Um, That's literally the same line that Scott Lang says in Endgame where he says time works different in the quantum realm. Uh, So certainly that's a theory that could prove... Uh, a big part of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I-, I think this show is setting up a lot more than I thought it would for these upcoming slate of films. Uh, obviously, I agree with you on Black Widow that I-, I cannot imagine that we see anything that relates to these movies um, or these-, these shows that we have seen. The only one that I think it could maybe relate to is honestly I think Black Widow could maybe, maybe have something to do with the Legend of the Ten Rings um, based on the new trailer that came out that showed the surprise return of a character that I didn't think we'd ever see again. So based on some of the things I'm hearing about Black Widow, I think maybe it could have some ties to that
1: movie. July can't get here fast enough for the
0: release of that. Yeah, it's... I. Like, totally forgot it's just going to be really soon. Like, it's out of nowhere that it's coming up. And, again, it felt like for – I mean, at one point, it was like, geez, are we ever even going to see that? And now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh,
1: it's it's actually here. That, that went by quick, didn't it? Like, it was delayed, 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 COVID, delay, COVID, delay, COVID, delay. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. By the time Loki's done, like, you and I will be standing in line with our tickets. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. So,
0: um super interested to see that but going to the rankings rob where do you have this out of 5 reels i i can't imagine it's good um maybe i'll be surprised uh
1: you're not going to be surprised um i i said it earlier that this this show this episode isn't bad per se the way that batman and robin is bad the way that batman v superman is bad it's not even bad the way that thor the dark world is bad but it's just not any good um and I, I struggle to think of a reason why i'm gonna sit down and rewatch this um like purposely um and i think to me that's that's always like a great guide to whether or not something will is is really any good does it have staying power um to me it's one and a half. I think this is the lowest ranking I've given to anything that Disney plus has put out through all of season two of Mandalorian and and the three MCU shows we've had a chance to rank so far. I don't think I've gone this low yet. And, and it's hard for me to understand why I would give it more than one and a half.
0: Yeah. Um, that certainly is the lowest that you have given. So I am a little bit surprised that it's that low. Uh, I would but again, mine's really not that higher. Uh, it is one star higher than what you've ranked it. I would say two and a half. But again, that's that is the lowest real rating I have given any of the shows that we've, you know, done together for the MCU uh, and on Disney Plus for doing the Mandalorian. If you know, we did season two of the Mandalorian. If we went back and talked season one of the Mandalorian, there's not an episode there that I would have given this low of a score to. So no. uh You know, it it definitely is the lowest that I have thought about for any of these shows on Disney Plus, which is, and again, it's it's odd because I almost want to defend it, but, because it's not terrible. It's just, again, to feel like filler at this point is a little bit inexcusable, and that's exactly what it does. It's just there. You know, we talked about it earlier. I felt nothing when the show ended and it was just, well, okay, let's let's go on with my day here. So to have that, especially with Loki, who with Tom Hiddleston, he has such, you know, screen presence and he's so good as this character to have this just be the episode that you're like, meh, it's hard not to just say that it's the worst, uh, the worst one out of the bunch so far. It's a waste of resources, and that's the frustrating thing. Yeah, G- great way to, to cap that conversation, waste of resources. So that will complete our episode, um, our unfortunate review of Lo- of Loki. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's always fun to do these, but it's, you know, it was, I was a little, like, off-put thinking about, like, man, we're just – I'm just going to dump on this thing when <laughs> when we were getting ready. Right. Um certainly something I didn't anticipate, but before we do sign off, there's some stuff coming up that's really exciting. I know Rob's excited about it. I'm super excited and happy to to be a part of it. So Rob, as as much as you want as little as you want, why don't you talk a little bit about about what's coming down the pipeline here?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, Matt's talked a lot about some of the stuff he's got coming up for solo episodes. We know that we've got more Loki coming weekly. Uh, You can guarantee that uh, I'll be back for those. Uh, Certainly you can check out uh, some of my thoughts on the um, Fast and Furious series, and and Matt's going to be a guest on every single one for uh, The Basement Binge. I know Matt will plug that in a little bit. Um, as, As we've been talking about just great films. Uh, and, and when, uh, Harrison invited us over to his show, uh, you know, one of the questions he had asked was why do you love movies? And, um, I've been kind of really thinking about it a lot, uh, since he asked me that question. And, and the longer I thought about it, the more this, this idea, uh, kind of, kind of grew from a, a kernel of an idea into a fully formed, uh, like I really want to do this. Um, really wanted to take a minute to talk about just love of film and the films that have stuck with me for long periods of my life um certain films that just will stick with you certain films that it doesn't matter what comes out in the future it's hard to think of anything that will surpass this in terms of your experience certainly we got a lot of this when we talked star wars because matt as we kind of discovered Every generation sort of has their Star Wars and people are going to develop um, an irrational emotional attachment to whatever was their Star Wars. And that's and that's how they feel about it. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of different uh, movies that I've encountered throughout my life. So I really wanted a chance to kind of talk about some of those. Um, A lot of what uh, a lot of the content that's chosen uh, by our program director here at Matt Goes to the Movies, who is Matt. Uh, a lot of the the content that's chosen is is very much in the comic book realm it's sci-fi there's horror Uh, that's that's kind of the primary um lane of of what gets chosen to to get produced here and uh, i got a couple things that are a little bit outside that that uh, are films that have really meant a lot to me and and mattered a lot and i think about a lot um so i uh, i invited a special guest to sit down uh with me to talk about it and and we're going to just go ahead and announce at this time that uh, the uh, Matt goes to the movies extended podcast universe. Yes, that's right. The MGTTM EPU for short, which is not actually shorter than saying the the whole phrase together, anyways. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Matt Goes to the Movies is getting its own extended podcast universe. Uh, it's getting its own variant, if you will, in the spirit of Loki, its own spinoff, its own uh, anthology uh, episodes. And uh, those will be released somewhat soon. Um, I've, I've got one. There was really two films that we kicked around, my guest and I, that uh, we, wanted to, we wanted to do right away. Um, we we kind of landed on one. Uh, and I really like that we started with that. We recorded it the other day. I'm just kind of finishing up the post-production on it and uh, look for that in the coming week. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a guest that uh, knows me well, let's say. And um, we had a lot of fun talking about uh, the film that we chose. So uh, definitely keep your eyes on uh, where you subscribe to this show and certainly keep an eye on uh, how you follow the show on social media. Uh, for any announcements about uh, what that film is who the guest is, and uh, when that will be available
0: yeah i'm I'm super excited when we you know shopped this idea so to speak and talked about it I, I'm super excited to hear this I always love hearing Rob's thoughts and I'll be really interested to hear you know his guest and just hear some different movies because some of the things that I know they'll be talking about, I am a fan. Um, But I don't think they're movies that I would talk about in general. So to be able to hear that and post those um, and extend those to the audience of Matt Goes to the Movies, I'm super excited. I cannot wait for those episodes. Uh, They will be posted to the site. Um, They will be announced on social media so that everybody can look at those episodes, hit subscribe, download those episodes, and really hear some great thoughts from Rob because... Again, I, I absolutely love hearing what he has to say, so I'll really be looking forward to that. So, Rob, excited to, to bring those episodes to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hosting, and as, as always, thanks for uh, having me on to do these. These are always something that um, I, I always look forward to doing. And, and, again, just kind of talking about love of film, love of entertainment in general, um, you know, having – we've definitely talked about this before on air that sometimes you've got a lot going on in your life. Um, having a show to look forward to like what we've been getting, uh, having new films that are coming out that you're just super excited and then getting the chance to really break them down. Um, you know, film and TV and entertainment are just such major parts of people's lives. Uh, it's certainly been a major part of my life um, and having the opportunity to really break it down and why and go in depth and why uh it's just so much fun and um that people listen to this i just think is incredible and there's somebody driving home from work right now or doing the dishes or mowing their lawn or or whatever it is that's uh uh helping pass that time a little bit too And, and i just think that's incredible and that's awesome and uh thank you to the listeners uh for downloading the show and Uh, Certainly, uh, real quick plug, make sure you uh, connect with the show. If you're not already subscribing, please do so. Uh, If you're not following the show on social media, uh, just search Matt Goes to the Movies on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Matt does not do any dances, but we're still working on it. Uh, We're we're trying to get that that going. Uh, And email the show, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. It's just the initials of Matt Goes to the Movies and then podcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us what you like. Tell us about your favorite movies. Tell us your favorite movie experience ever. Um, Maybe it'll get reviewed someday. Maybe we'll read your email on air. Who knows?
0: Yeah, Rob, thank you so much. Um, You know, like Rob said, all of that information, it's always going to be in the show notes, Uh, especially Harrison from The Basement Binge. His show will be plugged in this episode. Normally, he is a staple of these MCU shows, but uh, he's enjoying some not time off but he's out doing a couple things that are preventing him from being here uh we can't wait to have uh harrison back but his show notes will be uh inside this episode and like rob said interact with the show social media pod chaser leave a review it really helps us out it lets us know you know what listeners want to see and there's there's a lot coming. Um, you know, we've got Rob's episodes coming up. I, I've certainly been getting episodes out at a much faster rate with everything going on with Loki. Uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw just released. Equilibrium Minority Report has been out. Uh, I just did an episode on the Dark Knight, which has really taken off. A lot of uh, interaction with the Dark Knight episode. And the Tom Cruise marathon that I have going that started with Minority Report uh, goes through Oblivion, The Last Samurai, Top Gun, and then leading up to Top Gun Maverick, which is one of my most anticipated movies um, of of this year. I cannot wait for that. So a lot of stuff coming out. Leave feedback for the show. Let us know what you think. And we look forward to bringing you more episodes. So until next time, thanks for listening.